from the creators of Relevant Magazine. This is the Relevant Podcast. Laugh about it, Of Friday, March 18th, 2016, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by College Plus. Everyone knows how expensive college is. Yeah, I definitely do. Uh, all the people who went yes, know. Right. Uh, but it's super important, and lots of pressure is put on you to go by yeah. well meaning society. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But even though it's a pathway to a better life, you know, when you are graduating with all this new knowledge, but you have six figures of debt, <laughs> it makes right. things a little bit difficult. Uh, as Sometimes you're starting even, your career, right? Even before you graduate, you've got six figures of debt. <laughs> yeah, how much did your mom charge you, Jeremiah? Oh man, it was pretty. It was pretty high. I'm I'm getting up into seven figures now for homeschool. <laughs> well, listen, College Plus is an innovative new way to um, kind of take a different approach to getting your college degree uh, without all the debt. You can earn college credit on your own schedule without going into debt from anywhere in the world. You can then transfer that credit into the college of your choice and graduate in just two or three years. Wow. Over 10,000 students from all 50 states and 23 countries have been able to save more than $24,000 on their degrees wow. at the schools of their choice. And that's each, right? Not combined. Combined, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's each. Uh, you earn credit before you enroll in college, which allows you to save a huge amount of time and money while having a flexible schedule. It's yeah. a pretty amazing yeah, idea. Awesome. Yeah, That is a great idea. You can uh, get a free college hacking starter kit by going to collegeplus.org slash relevant. Uh, the starter kit will show you how to avoid going into debt with student loans. You can cut the time it takes to earn your degree in half, and you can earn six credits in just two weeks for 100 bucks. Man, that's so, awesome. Collegeplus.org slash relevant. Well, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron, and here with me in Orlando Studios today is just our producer, Jeremiah Dunlap. I'd say host, uh, Jeremiah I, I've heard. <laughs> I heard. On the uh, Skype line from Loveland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Portland, Oregon, Joy Reed. Oh, present. Is, wow. that, is, that, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is the first time I've had to say that. Weird. You can call me Joy Eggert Reed, Joy Reed. I, I, it's, I really, it is hard to let go of that. My uh, my lips are tingling. It was weird. It was like, <laughs> I, 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 that can't be right. Those words Joy didn't Reed? sound right. Yeah. It's fun to be back. Eddie uh, is not here this week. He's off hosting a conference. Because he's so cool, everyone thinks. I think he's just at his house. <laughs> I think he wanted to seem important, so he just Pop stayed. Pop a mental yeah, break. Yeah, he yeah. just stayed home. Yeah. <laughs> the Oscars not business year were just too much for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, another successful Oscars in the books. Thanks, everyone, for participating. <laughs> Get a lot of positive feedback. So yeah. I, I heard the show. It's the first time I've ever listened to one I wasn't on, but just just so you know, scared about what would happen. Uh, I listen, <laughs> I was able to listen to the show from from Israel or wherever I was and uh, I, but I only was able to listen to the first half so I couldn't hear Oscars but <laughs> I heard all perfect. the way up until that's great so yeah. I still have great ignorance and bliss from yeah. not knowing my question
question is, Jer- did Jeremiah, because what I was trying, because we know that you don't listen to the podcast when you're not there. Right. And um, so I was trying to get everyone to do their best Cameron interpretation uh-huh. and or imitation. And I think I was the only one that did it. Did, did he leave that in? Did you get to it? <laughs> I didn't it, hear or? that part. Uh, he just didn't get to it. Yeah. Oh. So, some of it stayed in, Joyce. Some of it was a little lowbrow. So I, I, cut, <laughs> I cut some of it. But. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to be back, guys. Uh, I missed you last week. You were you were everywhere. Yeah, I, you I were, was gone. You globe trying. How was how was the the big trip? I was I was gone for nine days. I was with a group uh, uh, of people. I'll tell you about it in a second. The, uh, like who the group was. We went from uh, we were in Rome for a few days. Wow. And then we went up to Israel for five or six days. Yeah. And uh, it was. It was remarkable. I'd, I've been to both, yeah, but not like this. Uh, the The group that gathered us was is actually the Museum of the Bible. Oh I'm wow! So excited for that. Yeah, yeah. This huge. Okay, so I didn't know a lot about it. Yeah, which is the point of trips like this. Right. You become yeah. then aware of it, right? But um, it was, the group was crazy. It was like uh, Don and Betsy Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott and Victoria Harrison, uh, founders of Charity Water, right. Claire Diaz Ortiz. Um, oh, we had her on the show recently, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of our friends. Yeah. Um, um, they so they pulled together this great group. Uh, Jeremy uh, Coward, one of our photographer friends, famous mm-hmm. photographer, yeah. Was, yeah. was supposed to be on the trip. Uh, shows up to the airport to le- to to go right. on the trip. And his passport was expiring in about three months. No. And they wouldn't let him leave the country. No way. Why? Yeah, because when you go to, uh, like, when you travel internationally, the visa technically is yeah. a 90 day visa. Oh. So you could oh. be out of the country longer than your passport would be valid. So they won't let you leave. Wow. They really should, like, make the expiration date clear then. Because that's, <laughs> yeah. like, that's like saying the milk expires in a week. <laughs> and, 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 and you drink it yeah. and you get food poisoning. Right. Like, put on there, like, this is a quote unquote expiration date, but you still can't use it. So it's definitely oh, expired. That's a bummer for him. Yeah. What a huge, yeah. huge bummer. bummer. <laughs> yeah. So it was, but it was an amazing group. So the reason why we went to those places, so well, I was in DC a few weeks ago and, and happened to tour the construction site. Right. Okay. This isn't a pitch for Museum of the Bible. This is just, I just learned about Real it. talk. Yeah. This is, it was, it's a half a billion dollar. Facility. Where? Because I was just in D.C. Where is this? It's is like it, two blocks from the Capitol, two blocks from the Smithsonian's. It's like right there in this triangle. Is it the big, crazy-looking building? What does it look like? Because um, I feel like I just recently. It's was an old there. historical building. It's uh, the original refrigerated warehouse in uh-huh. D.C. Oh, so it's uh-huh. so it's this big brick building. So it's the only red brick building. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Really? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's awesome. So they, they're retrofitting that. It's going to be the second largest museum in D.C. behind wow. only the Air and Space Museum. Wow. wow. When does huge. it open? Uh, November of next year. It's uh, it's deep in dis- dis- um, because construction right now. we kind of have a little one of those types of things, the Holy Land experience Well, here, right? that's <laughs> the thing. It's nothing like that. Okay. This is so actual... Yeah, this is so what they're doing, I learned about is super impressive. So what they want to do is obviously there's archaeological, there's historical, there's like artifacts, but it's also like the impact on Bible on the Bible, on like culture and society globally, right. the arts, you know, different things. Uh, they're cutting no corners. I mean, this is yeah. like what they're doing is unreal. No expense. No expense spared. Yeah. So and, and because from what I understand, the collections that they have are completely priceless, right? They, well they have they have a priceless collection, but then they also also have the full priceless collection from the uh, American Bible Society is going to be wow. part of it. The reason why we went to Rome was because the Vatican Library, the Vatican, yeah. 
is going to have a permanent place in it. And so all these priceless like Vatican no artifacts are going to be over there. Like on the a Vatican is going to have its own little city within the museum. Yeah, <laughs> you leave DC to, when you enter this room, and then uh, no, and then you the board reason, the Pope Mobile and ride into the room. Right. And, and then cool. and then there's uh, we were in Israel because the is- Israeli Ant- Antiquities Authority, which is the governance, uh, the governing body that basically owns every archaeological find in, in the Holy Land. Yeah, is you know uh, they will have a permanent place there. Wow. So all these priceless artifacts. So it's like it really is. Um, there's a you know, obviously, Catholic inclusion, Jewish inclusion, yeah. uh, Protestant inclusion. So it's really this multifaceted, massive thing. And and then when you like see it, it it it, it it's not the Creation Museum. It's not the Holy Land experience. It really is a DC level, right. Smithsonian Historic, level. Right. But it's also very modern, and the tech is like groundbreaking. I mean, the some of the tech stuff literally appears nowhere else in the wow. world. Uh, it's, it's, how, it's how do they plan on letting people in? Is it going to be like a nonprofit thing or like a like a ticketed thing? Like how yeah, that? Work? Yeah, it'll be. Uh, it's going to be its own five hundred one c three. Okay. Yeah, it will be ticketed uh, at like five dollars or oh, okay. something. It's, so it's not like the spy museum where it's like a kind of a big chunk of change to get oh, in. Oh no 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 no! It's, yeah. not, it's not an attraction. But can it's we a go museum. off on a tangent about the spy museum sometime? Which is also is which is also awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would. I always walk by the spy museum and I'm like, I kind of need to go there. I yeah. haven't been, but I need. The to. best part of the spy museum. Museum is the gift shop at the end. That's oh, all. Totally. So just go in the back door, Jesse. Just that's go all. The well, gift that's shop. the thing. I if I go to the spy museum, I'm definitely not paying. I'm using spy skills to get in. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like I feel like if you penetrate the spy museum, like with yeah. a disguise or some manner, like. I'm picturing with a, a trench coat would be involved sure. and, and, and a smoke screen that I throw at the ticketer, you know, <laughs> then they let you in. Like, yeah. you, you, you can be there for the day. Anyway, right. that's a digression. I don't know if the tra- same trick works at the Bible Museum. I will find out, though. <laughs> it was awesome. It was so hey, great. look over there. <laughs> it was just great traveling with an amazing group of people, people I'd, a lot of people I'd never met before. Yeah. and. And then I, you know, obviously we did the cover story on Israel and Palestine a Mm -hmm. couple of marches ago and, um, not like protest marches, the (laughs) month of March. Right. Um, and, uh, so I'd spent some time over there and seeing it, you know, a little bit different, uh, experience this time. You got in the Dead Sea, didn't you? Yeah. I had never been South of Jerusalem. Yeah. And so. Well, that's not true. Uh, but I'd never been to the Dead Sea. Yeah. And, and so our last day there, uh, we broke off from the group because the group was still there another three days. I had to yeah. come back. Yeah. Um, and so Scott, Harrison, and Vic, his wife, and I had to leave early. And so Carrie, uh, they had never been to the Holy Land before. So Carrie was like, oh, man, you guys are going to miss like the Sea of Galilee up in the north. And like, and I'm going, oh, man, guys. Got it. That's yeah. the best. We the gotta Sea see of it. Galilee. And so we decided like, We'd make our own itinerary that last day. So we <laughs> crammed awesome. in. We went from the south of Israel, Masada, which is in the desert where there's this like, they almost like the Petra where they yeah. carved a, a thing out of rock. Yeah, there's yeah. this like uh, old Roman, Herod's has a palace at the top of this massive rock and they Crazy. uncovered it. And there's a famous kind of Jewish battle that happened there. And anyway, we explored Masada. And then Carrie and Vic and Scott and I get in a car and we go over to the Dead Sea, which was surreal have yeah. you been there no my sister's yeah. been there I'm, and my dad but i've never been Joy, there. so you have yeah and they don't i i don't know you probably just use common sense but they i read a sign before i went into the dead sea there's something like be careful not to you know let it get in your eyes because it's 
So you will like hope. literally if you drank it, you will die. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And I was doing. I was so amazed at the floating, you know, because you float that I kind of made myself into this little like rocker, and I, my brother and I were rocking back and forth, and I rocked a little bit too hard, Uh-oh. and it got, it got into my eyes, and it was like it the they had to lead me out of the Dead Sea, and I was just in panic and pain. Oh man, but. were you? Were how old? Uh, it was. It was like 10 years ago, 2006. So 30. Right. Old enough to know better. Yeah, right. 30. Yeah. Old enough to know better. <laughs> yeah, I was 23. Yeah. 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 Man. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I, uh, so you're telling me, do not open my eyes underwater there, even if yeah. I think I see a pretty cool <laughs> specimen underneath the surface. If you drop your watch, just let yeah. it go. Well, Jesse, Guys, I'm pretty sure I see an ancient medallion under there. <laughs> yeah. like they're going to really want at the spy museum. I'm going to check it out. Be back, you meet know, you back Indiana Jones, the when the guy's eyes start melting at the <laughs> yeah. end. Yeah. My eyes! <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a medallion. That's what I kept I kept thinking of that when they're like, you will die if you drink this water. I kept thinking of the last scene when they open the ark and everybody melts from yeah. the inside. I was mm-hmm. like, no, that's what's going to happen. You're going to yeah. get dehydrated. It's going to be like leprosy. Advanced, fast leprosy. Did you put the mud on you? I did. Was it crazy? Yeah, I, it was really weird feeling because it was like uh, you're walking in like pottery clay. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. And then you get down and you just rub it all over your body and you know, then shower it off, and then like all of a sudden, like you just feel renewed. Yeah, I, I heard. Okay, so you it's look a, younger. It's right. the lowest point on Earth. It's forty two hundred feet under sea level. Whoa! I didn't so that's it almost. Was... I mean, it's almost a mile. It's, yeah, you know, eighty percent of a mile under sea level. So your ears are popping. When you're driving down to it. Yeah, and um, when you're down there, like. You know, everybody's like worried about like, is it going to be? It's hotter, obviously, yeah, down there. Yeah. You know, you're closer to hell. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> science 101. <laughs> and uh, it is hotter, but yeah. everybody's like, we get sun, like sunburn stuff. You can't get sunburned because it's so low oh. that about a mile above it, a second ozone layer actually appears. Oh my god! And so there's double ozone. So that no, is crazy. no UV. So what happens is people who like, like, um, have like lifelong psoriasis and stuff. Yeah. They yeah. go there, stay for a week, walk around without their clothes or shirt on, oh. and just and like stay there in a spa and That's... will be cured of chronic psoriasis. That totally makes sense too. That's it's, crazy. It's crazy. And the minerals, it's just insane. Yeah. 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 But anyway, that was well, a blast. And then we drove, we got in the car and drove all the way up uh, to a Sea of Galilee. How far is that stuff from each other? Like two hours. Really? You just, could, and from the Bible stories, you yeah. think it's like worlds apart from each oh, other. No. But now they, they, they were walking. walking. Yeah. Right. And now you have cars. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. They didn't have vans back then. <laughs> uh, so two hours later, come some sunset, we're yeah. at the Sea of Galilee, which wow. is unbelievable. And then we had dinner back in Jerusalem an hour later. Yeah. It was on our rooftop overlooking the old city. Man. It's just an amazing trip. And Wait, uh, it was you and a couple. Yeah, I was the third wheel. Oh, okay. it was very romantic. <laughs> um, so that was fun. Well, and Carrie, yeah, right, Carrie right. Summers, he yeah. was there. So, yeah, no, it was amazing. I'm glad to be back though. Uh, we're here. We are actually recording this on a Monday. Weird week, right? Yeah, yeah. very strange oh, because this is another big week for you though. It, yeah, yeah tomorrow is my birthday. My 40th birthday is tomorrow. Wow! And you and Jesse are going to South by Southwest to celebrate, huh? Oh man, yeah. I, I seriously cannot wait. Like we've done Lollapalooza, the camera. You've gone a bunch of years in a row. I think I've gone two. 
or three, and I always have a blast. But all, but South by Southwest is a totally different vibe because it's like an urban festival where everything is like downtown. Yeah, and downtown. You know, the, 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 the type of artist they bring in is different from Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the vibe. Be a the blast. vibe is completely different. Yeah. So yeah, because I've played South by Southwest. I had never played Lala, but I love South by Southwest. It's awesome. Yeah, I've never been. I, I just figured, if not now, when? You know. Yeah, exactly. So, so we're going and happy uh, birthday, Cameron. That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so Jesse and I are gonna be there for a couple days, Wednesday through Friday. So this show will be up on Friday. We'll be flying back. Yeah, when you yeah. hear this, and then Friday night. Going to the Magic Cavs game. See, you got a, you've got a sweet birthday week. Though. I know that's what I'm yeah. saying. That's the only reason yeah. I'm saying all this. Yeah. And then on Saturday, a bunch of friends are throwing me some party. So See, it's like, so I know birthdays aren't a big deal for you, but everyone else knows that 40 is a big deal for everybody. So I feel like you're just continuing to fall into good situations to be turning 40 this week. It's so. kind of fun. There are a bunch of unrelated, overlapping things. <laughs> that's it's awesome. Going to be great. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm excited. Awesome. Well, we have. I guess that was the, the only reason I said all that was because we were recording on a Monday, right? So right. it's. It's just weird. So we might be off yeah. our game a little bit. No. But uh, we have a great show in store Never for you. Off. Coming up later on the show today, we have an in-studio performance by the Northern Irish band Rind Collective. And notice we are saying Northern yeah, Irish. They're not Scottish. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we learned when yes. they were here. Uh, yeah, they were recently, they came through town. Um, this this tour that Hillsong United was just on, they mm-hmm. were opening for them. Yeah. Uh, the Empire's tour. Um, and so we have a song from them coming up. And then also we hear from author Nabil Qureshi about his new book, Answering Jihad, A, B- a Better Way Forward. He's he's a, uh, an author who grew up Muslim and yeah. he, he became a Christian and um, has Powerful written speaker. some uh, remarkable books. Yeah. So he's coming up later. But at first, it is our. It's time for our look back at what happened this past week because I wasn't here. You weren't here. I missed a lot of this. <laughs> it's time for. In case you missed it. Okay, Record Store Day is coming up. Yes. In case you missed it, they they uh, announced the release schedule, and it looks incredible. And you're a record guy. I'm a big record guy. Yeah. So a- Record Store Day is April 16th. Yep. It's the day that all the hipsters line up around the block. <laughs> <and they're> like, <laughs> it is true. It is like Christmas morning for hipsters, though. I mean, literally, there are dozens and dozens of artists that release exclusive uh, you know, LPs and you know, live albums and B sides uh-huh. only on that date. Independent yeah. record stores. Yeah, we, we've got a big uh, record store here, and, and all the businesses surrounding the record store just skyrocket that yeah. day. You yeah, because yeah. you're in line for like four hours. Yeah, it's to, crazy. Got to get a pizza. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here's some of the the ones that's co- that are coming out. There's exclusive releases from artists like Alt J, mm-hmm. Churches, The Weekend, Foles, The Flaming Lips, Run the Jewels, Outcast. Best Coast, and dozens of others. Uh, Record Store Day started Crazy. back in uh, 2007, and and it must be working because vinyl sales are at their highest level yeah. since '89. So, well, and it's 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 broken out of this is a like a cool little weird thing, you know, like cassettes are now. I feel like it's like people actually intake it's, their music this way now. Well, it's no longer a novelty. Yeah, right. Yeah. Twelve million uh, vinyl albums were sold last year. Wow, so that's a good number. Yeah. But that's five percent of all albums sold. Yeah, this is only five percent, but it was right. still one out of twenty. Yeah, and forty-five uh, percent of those sales were sold at independent stores. So that's that's, th- awesome. that's the big thing because yeah. yeah. music stores are dying. Yeah, and this is bringing some of them back to life. Yeah. That's awesome. You can go to recordstoreday.com to see a list of your local stores taking part in the event. Yeah, that's super rad. In case you missed it, James Corden, our our favorite. Uh, late night car singer. Yeah. Uh, James Corden's Carpool Karaoke is becoming a TV show. 
most likely. Oh, wow. So you know how they spun off when they had the lip sync battle on uh-huh. The Tonight Show and it became a spike yeah. show? Yeah. That sort of thing's happening. So take something good, do it a lot more, and mm, make it terrible. Yeah, just kind of, yeah. Tell, tell the joke, hold it a little too long. Right. Um, <laughs> J- James isn't going to host a standalone show. So again, not as good. Right. But he would serve as an executive producer and make occasional appearances. Variety is the one who reported this, and they said it's only a matter of time before Carpool Karaoke becomes its own show. It, quote, has uh, quickly garnered heavy interest from multiple players and is likely to result in a bidding war. Has this kind of thing ever happened in TV before where they take a, a, a nightly show bit and turn it into a, f- a full-fledged seasoned show? In well, SNL? Yeah, it used to happen all the time with SNL, like movies, like Coneheads, right. War, you know, I yeah. mean, any number, but you know, for for these, I kind of feel like for Jane, I, I'm not a regular, I'm like a, of the audience that usually watches late night comedy via YouTube clips the next right. day. So, yeah. you know, I like occasionally I'll stay up, but usually if I am, I'm watching like, I have a reason to watch, like I'm watching Netflix or I'm watching yeah, a basketball yeah, yeah. game or, same or here, same something. Here. So anyway, like I feel like James Corden's losing his best material here Yeah, yeah. because presumably, presumably if they're doing their own spinoff show where the, the, because they've gotten big time guests. I mean, they've gotten a let, a list of the A list yeah, musicians. Stevie Wonder, Adele, yeah. Yeah. So if if they are using all of those for this spinoff show, which he's the executive producer of, so he has some skin in the game there, is he's like losing the bit that has brought him into the mainstream attention because I feel like he's going up against you know a, a lot of names, even if he's even if he's going up primarily against Seth Myers in terms of time slot. In terms of like notoriety, this is like his deal. Well, yeah. like, why and, would you just give this away? And what, in my opinion, what makes that bit work so well is him. Him. He's yeah. the it's one. That him makes, and Adele. Him yeah. and Chris Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I think the best part of it, even if you're not like a fan of the musician, is like I, there are few things in I feel like late night comedy or just interviewing in general these days where it humanizes artists to the degree that car. Maybe it's the intimacy of yeah. being like in close proximity to someone in a, in the front seat of a car right. and like singing with without the the you know benefit of like being treated or like having a band it's like an intimate thing but you can see an artist that you don't really care about and be like you know what they, they have the ability to be somewhat charming like even like Iggy Azalea or someone yeah. who like gets like maligned for right. various things or like a Justin Bieber it's like you watch them in there you're like I kind of like that person. Yeah. Like that was yeah. fun to watch. Like that scene, even like Chris Martin, who seems like his day has kind of come and gone in terms of like cultural relevance. Right. It was like his, the bit they did. <laughs> There's where a lot they, of people who would be very offended by that statement. I'm but. very offended by that statement. <laughs> Chris Martin, I'm just saying Chris Martin, he just played the Super Bowl halftime show. So he's still doing all right. Right. I'm just saying he is now a legacy artist, not like an innovative artist. Yeah, right. He's know? the Rolling Stones tour. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's in the point of his career where he's riding the wave that he's in motion. He's no longer creating the way. But all right. that to say is, I think he knows that where Coldplay is now is different when they were when they put out, uh, you know, X and Y. W- yeah, X and Y. Yeah. Or, or, or when they were really a groundbreaking artist. Yeah. All I have to say is, Carpool Karaoke will make you care about an artist you did not care about. And yeah. that's the fun of yeah, the it's true. Bit. Yeah, totally. Well, in case you missed it, uh, some other TV news. Ooh. Hillsong is uh, launching a TV network with TBN. The Christian Televangelist huh. Network. Yeah. That is yeah. interesting. There's going to be a new 24-7 cable channel called the Hillsong Channel. Wow. It'll feature a talk show called The Sisterhood, which uh, Bobby Houston is uh-huh. is 
it's a conference that she does right. programming for kids, a young and free TV block, which I assume would be for the young young people. Young, cool. uh, they'll have sermons, interviews, global conferences, documentaries, and of course, lots of worship. Uh, the network launches on June fifteenth on Directv, FiOS, AT and T, Sky, and a bunch of cable. So. It- are they just partnering with TBN or is it going to come through like the same pipeline that TBN I think, does? No, I think TBN is cr- creating They're like it the production and, studio or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're okay. the behind the scenes partner yeah. making they, it. They, they say it's part of the the Trinity Broadcasting family of networks. Okay. the way Matthew Crouch stated it. Yeah. Uh, interesting. If you, hey, I have DirecTV, so when you go down to like the God zone on it, right. there's yeah. like 57 Christian channels. So. Oh, really? I will say this. They put up a trailer, and I think you can watch it now on the website, uh, or especially by the time, the, the when I say website, I'm saying relevantmagazine.com. That's the only website anyone cares about. <laughs> yeah, I assume yeah. that's your homepage, and right. the only thing that your <laughs> modem filters to, uh, you allow to go to. Right. But, uh, the, well, uh, on that deal yeah. city by city around right, the country. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not working out for us, but we're, we're trying everything here, you know? Uh, we, we just got a town in Iowa. Right. Yeah. <laughs> only, it's a lot, a, 17 a people, people live there, but you know, whatever. A lot of people like, yeah, in the Chris Martin demographic, they just don't, don't get it. Anymore. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, but uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, what I was going to say is the trailer that you can watch at relevantmagazine.com, yeah. Idahoans, Idahoans. Uh, actually, the, the production quality looks yeah. noticeably better. And again, I'm not talking bad about other uh, Christian uh, TV outlets. Right. I'm sure there's some really good stuff out there, but there is sort of like a stereotype that sometimes does fit the billing right. where the production value isn't as high as other types of programming out there. Yeah. And from the clips that they've released, this looks pretty good. I mean, like, well, they know what they're doing. Well, I would say Hillsong yeah. would be the one Christian brand that yeah. I would say would do this right. Because like going, yeah. we went and saw that the, they came through Orlando on the Empire's tour recently. That's Hillsong United. And this you, is Hillsong. Yeah, I know, but it, you know, it comes from the same family. It's and just seeing, just yeah. seeing, like, I've been to a ton of shows and I've been impressed by a lot of production, but they were on another level. Yeah, you know, like on the on the the the, the trailer. If you had it muted. You would think, man, if Vice, their new TV network, did a lot of really positive programming, yeah. this like visually looks like in the same vein as well. Especially when they kind of started showing some of the documentary stuff yeah. that was going to be on the network. Oh, that's cool. Joel Houston's the creative director yeah. for the global. Yeah, and he's got impeccable taste, and he's good at what he does. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, in case you missed it, Kendrick Lamar's album that was not in our releases a couple weeks ago because uh, these awesome artists keep just springing these albums on us. <laughs> right. His uh, his new one called. Untitled Unmastered uh, of course debuted at number one and it's awesome he he surprised everybody and released it through uh, Apple yeah back uh, last week on March 4th and uh, the Billboard Hot 200's number one it's his second number one record in less than a year only wow. two other artists Drake and Future have pulled off that hmm. feat since 2014 and it, it, it is cool that I mean the irony of it, like an Apple release getting like a, a, one it was technically flawless in its release and it went on to to become number one. And you look at what a disaster uh, Kanye's album was yeah. out on title. Yeah, you know, and yeah. Rihanna's album on yeah. title. Their, yeah. their their surprise ones were just botched. So, uh, yeah, I think it's also com- you know subtle commentary about how Apple isn't you know doing in the music business compared to title. <laughs> right. Well, Trevor Noah said uh, that Kendrick Lamar is 
actually doing what Kanye West thinks he's doing. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I, I, who's talking about Kanye anymore? Well, and the, the, the thing is, like, people are talking about Kanye for not necessarily all of the right reasons, right? You yeah. know. <laughs> and I do, I do think there's a bit of performance art with with Kanye, but still. He's more of a caricature of Kanye West than he is well, Kanye West anymore. It's like when Joaquin Phoenix did that um, I'm Still yeah. Here yeah. movie. It's like, okay, I get it's whatever. It's art. It's still annoying, and I don't like what you're doing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's still it's like you're watching it on the merits of right. something other than the content. Right. You know, yeah. you're watching for the spectacle of it. Right. You know, the spectacle has become the content. Yeah. You know, the medium has become the message in yeah. a way with Kanye. Totally. Where Kendrick is still putting out standalone great albums totally well and a lot of people would say that kanye's current album uh as they stream it on title or at the pirate bay um uh, have, have said that it is his best so it's not that he can't make great art the yeah. fact that that art is not consumable by right. <laughs> fans yeah. that want it he's uh, getting in his own way that's the problem well, you know and the thing he over he's overshadowed it yeah. with yeah. his over the top persona right. yeah. he's not letting his art speak for itself he's speaking on its behalf and botching it because i mean like ultralight beams they, again there there are some really cool interesting music that he's created but yeah like you were saying Jeremiah, he's gotten in his own way with it yeah all uh, right. Well, in case you missed it, Seth Rogen is turning Where's Waldo into a movie for some reason. So, have they have they just run out of ideas at this point? Like at this point, are they? Is there like no fresh family comedies that can be made that they're just going to make a Where's Waldo? Well, movie? I mean, and it's just one big screen in the theater that never changes, but you kind of have to look around. It's two hours. It's a really hard one, and it takes up a whole movie screen. It takes like an hour and a half to find it. Uh, Seth Rogen and his frequent collaborator Evan Goldberg. So these are the guys who did Fifty Fifty, Funny People, Knocked Up, and Superbad. Yeah, uh, they are uh yeah th there's no details known about this movie but you know we don't even know that it's actually a children's movie yeah. and given their track record i highly doubt it is right uh but the books have a large built-in audience they've sold they more do. than 55 million copies i i kind of gotta think it's gonna be good just yeah. because those guys are so smart and everything that they do whether it's inappropriate or not as yeah. far as comedic standards go is high yeah. you know so i can't imagine they would just take something and, and botch it it's just nostalgia for our generation of viewers who want to go see those guys anyways and now it's something that associated with our childhood right we're there yeah yeah that's true <laughs> I, yeah. I i'd love to see a movie you know those pictures you got to stare at them for them to turn into a Magic picture high, the movie. yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> i'd love to see that picture <laughs> I, but at this point you got to wonder if they're just challenging themselves like right. look Everything like they're bringing back Ninja Turtles, there's Batman versus Superman, there's right. you know an Angry Birds movie. Let's try to find the one super popular thing from that people everyone knows the reference right. that has zero plot right. and we know nothing about the character. He has no backstory. <laughs> right. We know one thing about we know two. There are two pieces of information that are available about the main character in this beloved series. One is what he wears every day. Two is his propensity to get lost in a crowd. That is all we know about this character. So they got a clean slate with origins. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He could be. He could literally be anyone as long as he keeps those two qualities. Right. So you think it's gonna be like a spy thriller? That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's the only thing that's a lot rational at this point. Yeah. Um, an awesome. It's gonna be. It's gonna be the movie equivalent of what the books are, which is an awesome mind puzzle. <laughs> I keep picturing if they made the magic eye into a movie, people walking into the theater and the attendant being like 3D glasses, and you're like, 
No, no, I got this. I got this. I got to do it. No, that's actually the point is that they don't hand out the 3D glasses. So you have to see the yeah. undone 3D. Yeah. There's your magic eye. I know, but there's yeah. those sad people who could never do that's it. That's me. I could never do it. You, 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 are bl- you would be blown away by a picture of the Statue of Liberty, man. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen it either. You've never seen you. You guys have both never, never seen I've Magic never, Eye. I've, I think it's because I have astigmatism. I say same thing. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I'm <gasps> terrible. Maybe that is it. That's what that it is. That was always my. I think it's because you guys can't relax. You gotta relax. <laughs> That's probably what it is. <laughs> I have stared at him for. Believe me, I did the. <laughs> you're not focusing on it. You You know. The, yeah. You're looking through it. I've, yeah. I, all the tips. Yeah. Can I ask you this? How much does it still bother you that you haven't been able to enjoy something that literally <laughs> blows everyone's mind? I when that sub that episode of Seinfeld comes on, it makes me mad. Like like yeah. Like he's in the bathroom, you know, and he gets lost and it comes out with the shirt off. I've never had that experience to lose my shirt watching it. Oh, it, it, it 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 I mean there's a reason that those weird books were so popular. It blows your mind every time when it comes <laughs> into focus, you know, and it's literally it's literally popping out the screen at you, you know? Like <sighs> I I am looking at a horse and the sunset in front of a mountain range here and it's I can't it's See, I assume, my mind still rub, it, rub it in, Jesse. Just I assume rub it that's in. what holograms are going to be. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I assume that the Tupac thing is just a precursor to this Magic Eye movie that we are now. <laughs> I don't need the Oculus Rift. I have a Magic Eye here. <laughs> <laughs> this is my virtual reality. And I've been living there for like 15 years. And let me tell you guys, you, you, with stigmatisms, it is fantastic. <laughs> the future is now. Only some of us, some of us, will experience it. Oh man! Enjoy the Stone Age. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesse. Uh, in case you missed it, what happened on the website this week? Yeah, so we had a really big uh, uh, story that uh, it's kind of in the vein of, of of what we are doing in the magazine with our uh, section, like Maker and some of the content that is inspiring uh, young influences, influencers and creators. It was written by a guy uh, who's been a church planner for a long time. Uh, he's also a pastor. But he, what he did was he spent a lot of time observing uh, people in his life that were successful leaders. And he, he put together five pieces of, uh, of, of five observations, five things that great leaders do that most people don't. It is one of, uh, there's a reason I think it's been so popular is because it's super practical stuff no matter where you are uh, in life. And even if you don't consider yourself, quote unquote, a leader, uh, I don't want to give away the whole thing, uh, but maybe just a, a couple to kind of tease it. Uh, they always finish what they start, which I feel like mm. is a great practical uh, uh, tip. That's the challenge. Burn. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they don't wait for permission. Uh, in, uh, in other words, you know, whether uh, actual permission or just when things in their life align up uh, in a way that they think they're allowed to do what they well, need to do. And it's also the thing of like, you know, the, the difference between focus grouping and idea to see what people want. And then people like Steve Jobs going, people don't know what they want. You show them what they want. Right. You know, and so then he's not waiting permission from like consensus yeah, to yeah. do something different. Yeah. So I, I would, it, it, it's a great story. It's on the website now. Uh, if you're if you're searching for it, it's five things great leaders do that most people don't. It's on relevantmagazine.com. Cool. There you go. That's Very awesome. cool. Well, all right. Well, uh, that'll do it for. In case you missed it. It's time for entertainment releases. Music coming out on Friday, March 25th. We have RJD2 is still making music yeah. with uh, Dame Fortune. Uh, big uh, DJ guy that I liked back, you know. When Virgin Megastores were around. 
<laughs> Glad to see him still right sticking with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah RGD2 <laughs> and Coldplay. <laughs> the, the Chris Martin of DJ. <laughs> uh, the Joy Formidable has come out with Hitch. I think it's the uh, soundtrack to Hitch 2. <sighs> it's so uh, good to have you back on those, Cameron, because I had the hardest time last week trying to do. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. And I tried to plan ahead. It still didn't work. No, you can't. You can't. You no, can't. Can I ahead. just say this? Listening to Jeremiah, Jeremiah try to like. <laughs> Mind blowing puns it was only how I can imagine is for someone with with astigmatism. You know, there's a good joke in it. It's just not materializing. And the he's trying, the more frustrating it is for everyone. Oh man! Oh, Zane Malik is coming out with mind of mine. Uh, Zane being the 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 rebel who yeah. uh, didn't ask permission and he left One Direction. That's did right. You, did you see the face tat he got? Does anyone confirm that that's fake? Because he posted on Instagram, he's got a face tat now. Oh, good for he's him. He's just a pretty white boy. Why does he have a... What does it say? It says MOM, or it says M-O-N, which is an acronym for, uh, I guess, one of his singles. Or oh, no, something. Mind of Mine. Stunt. Mind of Mine, the new album name. Yeah, Uh-oh. yeah that's it. So uh, it could be a publicity <sighs> stunt, but I haven't seen it debunked yet. I All I saw was he posted I... on Instagram a sweet, uh, like, Mike Tyson-level face tat. No, that big? Oh, that's it's not. Got, it's not as big. It doesn't wrap around, but it's still on his face. It, that can't be. It wouldn't surprise me. He had. He had the guts to leave One Direction. He might have the guts <laughs> to get a face tat. <laughs> he wrote. I, I didn't want to say it. He wrote the five things that great leaders do, and part of it is just going with your gut. If it says face tat. It's face tat. If it's leaving the biggest band in the in the world for no reason, that's super successful and is still ascending. It's do it, man. <laughs> uh, consumed uh, by fire is coming out with giving over. Uh, when you're consumed by fire, just give over. There just, you go. You yeah. Just just let it go. Just, let just it ride the wave. Yeah. Uh, the thermals is coming out with we disappear, which is actually what happens after you're consumed by fire because the ashes. Oh, double. It's they're all tied in. That's why they're releasing <laughs> on the same day. <laughs> Movies coming out on Friday, March 25th. Earlier than I would have expected. Batman versus Superman: I Dawn know. of Justice. I feel like it's been like six months off, and for some reason, it's just here. Yeah. Do you guys, does anyone? Do you guys care? Like, I'm gonna see it. I, I'm gonna watch it. Isn't this the one where Superman goes bad? Yes. Well, uh, he, Batman. Well, that's thinks, what they're setting it up as. Yeah. Bruce Wayne, aka Batman, mm-hmm. is convinced a- that aka Ben Affleck. Yeah. Aka yeah. Batfleck. Batfleck yeah. is convinced <laughs> uh, that absolute power corrupts absolutely and so he's gonna you know confront the man who has absolute power in this film so but, but there is there was just kind of a spoilery trailer that hinted that they may be teaming up like halfway they'll, through the film yeah they'll, they'll be fine they'll get yeah, together. yeah so, that's, so it, that's what i heard it's leading up to the justice league movie which they're gonna do um so they have to become buddies at the end yeah they're gonna become buds seth rogan and um Evan Goldberg are doing it. It's yeah. going to be hilarious. It's going to be raunchy, but I'll tell you this. You know, kind of make you think. It's a, it's a, it's about a friendship. Uh, Morally redemptive at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll say this. They're flawed characters. Right. But there is some moral redemption there. And Batman and Superman. Get, Wasn't it, isn't it the thing of like, I mean, I don't I don't read the books, so right. uh, books I said with air quotes. Right. Uh, so isn't it the thing of like, Batman acquired a piece of kryptonite or something, yes, yes. and so he's the only one I'm who can stop sure. Superman? I'm pretty sure because otherwise it's just like a superhero versus a regular dude with like yeah. gadgets. 
Woods. My guess is he's acquired something from Lex Luthor, who's played by Jesse Eisenberg in this movie, and who kind of seems he's, see another you know, uh, Seth uh, Seth uh, Rogen type. Yep, and so he'll be in. I know Aquaman will also make an appearance in yeah, this, Wonder played Woman, by Jason Momoa. Yeah, but but Cameron, to your point, there is, and and I <laughs> this is definitely in the Seth Rogen vein of comedy, so uh, I can't technically recommend it. But Pete Holmes did a bit where it was Batman versus Superman and basically Pete Holmes plays Batman and he's just talking about how unfair of a fight it is, you know? <laughs> he's like, I fought Bane, who's literally just a roided up dude with no powers and he straight up broke my back. <laughs> he's like, how do I stand a chance against you? You can stop bullets with your body. He's <laughs> like, I don't even carry a gun. How is this even a fight? But he has a grappling hook. Yeah. And he can exactly. like fly that around. will bounce off any part of Superman. Yeah. No, I'm saying a grappling hook so he can like get away. Or yeah. um, That's how he fights. Clearly we're well-versed. Yeah. Well, we're well-versed on this part of culture. Yeah. The whole comic book nerd. Yeah, we're doing thing. great. Yeah. Uh, also coming out in case that's not your cup of tea, my big fat Greek wedding two is coming out. That is definitely my cup of tea. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's uh I think the it's been long enough. Sure. That, yeah, I was gonna say that's that the a one, big time the span. Well, no, that the one that got married is had now kid. had a daughter oh, who's getting married. Not nice. a remarriage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's not my big fat Greek divorce and marriage. So. But there's a little foreshadowing that uh, her. Idyllic marriage to uh, John Corbett. Uh-oh. Uh, little Trouble in Paradise, maybe. And may- well, maybe, maybe the family coming all together for the big uh, daughter's it. reunion will heal, heal everything. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm hooked. I'm seeing them both back to back. I would say, how sad is it that I'm more likely to see that than the Batman one? That's well, not true. for you. You know, dig yeah. in. I'll see both. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, that'll do it for entertainment releases. Uh, in case you missed it, and uh, my trip and birthday recap. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. Listening to Coast Modern, uh, not Postmodern. Oh, yeah. I get See? it. Clever. The song is Animals. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Paper Root with uh, Laugh About It. New but, song. But don't laugh about no. the fact that we're playing Paper Root still. There's a right. new album. Yeah. They aren't, they aren't Chris Martin. They're, they're, they're still not, yeah. in the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, uh, before we get into Slices, real quick. Real quick, I was wanting to mention this. Uh, so I'm sure the listening public is yeah. wondering, oh my goodness, I didn't realize it was Cameron's birthday. It's a big birthday. What sure. can I do for him? Yeah, absolutely. What oh, can yeah, I yeah. do? People are going to want to send in things. Right. They t- Every week we actually get gifts from yeah, listeners. We, but literally. And this week it's just, I'm assuming it's going to be just a deluge. Pandemonium. Yeah, it's right. going to be crazy. Hey, listen, folks, I don't want presents. You know what I do want, though? I, uh, I maybe it was because I was with Scott Harrison for the last week, <laughs> but uh, on the last night of our trip, I was like, I should probably finally do that charity water give your birthday yeah. thing. Yeah, I've yeah. seen some people do it. Um, I think it's. I always think it's cool. Yeah. I'm not a planner, yeah. so I never do it in time, and then you know, I just forget. And I thought, well, wait, this is a big birthday. So I was like, hey, I told Scott, I was like, oh man, you know, I can't believe I forgot to do that. I would have done it this year. He's like, well, you got like a couple days. Yeah. He's like, go for it. And I was yeah. like, wait, you can like, it'll that fast, you yeah. know? Uh, so on my phone, 
I, I, I sit next to him. I set up a birthday campaign. Um, I set a goal of $10,000 so we can raise mm-hmm. enough money to build a full well. Right. Um, he suggested going for $4,000 because it's a round number with, you, with my birthday. But you don't go. You don't go. Go big or go, go home. Big, that's yeah, what right. I say. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so anyway, we set it up and um, I, I tweeted it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Scott goes, uh, Twitter will produce nothing. <laughs> so I tweeted this and I'm like, no, I mean, come on. So right. I tweeted it. It gets retweeted 67 times yeah. in that first evening. Yeah. This is a few days ago. Charity Water itself, 1.4 million followers retweets it. Wow. So, I wow. mean, millions of people have seen this tweet at this point. Yeah. Zero donations. No. It had 95 likes, 67 retweets, not one donation from Twitter. Wow. Yeah. So that said a lot. So then I go over to Facebook. I post it on Facebook. Told my like, friends. You're like, these are my friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah Facebook yeah. is people I know. Yeah. Or, you know, mostly. And so, okay, guys. Hey, this is, okay, will you help me? Yeah. And just from Facebook, and uh, so this is Monday. I just did this like a day and a quarter ago. Yeah. So the evening... Two evenings ago. Uh, so in a day and a quarter, just from the Facebook post, yeah. uh, my friends have given already $2,900. No. Wow. You've so got great friends. I really, well, I told my friends, I was like, don't click like yeah. and not donate. Yeah. Give a <laughs> dollar. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like 200 likes yeah. and only about, you know, 30 donations, yeah. but you know, but as, but, uh, Scott suggested that I, that I ask people give $40 because yeah. of the 40th birthday yeah. and that'll move the needle pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but obviously you can give whatever you want, whether it's $5 or 500 last night, a donation came in from a name. I do not know a $500. No wow. way. I like a name. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, but most people are awesome. given, t- you know, t- 20 bucks, 40 yeah. bucks. And it's been really cool to see. And he's like, you're going to have fun with this. It's going to be cool. Cause you get, notices when people give and like um i i was on the plane last night coming in and you know emailing people i knew yeah that had deeper pockets you know i yeah. was like hey like yeah, me yeah. right yeah and uh and so it's been fun to see but i'm you know as of monday morning i'm i'm uh, i'm at like 2900 uh wanting to raise 10,000 this week the, it goes till june but you know this is the birthday week yeah i figure my birthday week is officially done at my birthday party on saturday yeah. night so by then i'm hoping to raise 10,000 if you guys are listening and you want to give i would appreciate it you can go to my.charitywater.org slash Cameron Strang. Yeah. And uh, my birthday campaign is right there. Because they were thinking, what do we get for the guy that has everything? <laughs> you know, this is <laughs> Let's it. get water for people who have nothing. Yeah, you, you, exactly. You, so you didn't go with uh, charitywater.com or .org slash Lordy Lordy Cameron's 40. <laughs> 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 because I gave a significant amount to that. Yeah, that's some other guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Slash Squarespace.com. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's Cameron Mannheim's birthday yeah. campaign. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, if you want to do that, I'd appreciate it and it would be really cool to actually see you know kind of like all my efforts are going to be kind of done by the time the podcast comes out I've kind of asked everybody that I know so it'll be really cool to see kind of where it goes after the podcast hits and I don't want to overly put pressure on our listeners but they are pretty good with this like if if they're one thing they're really good at it's this and I think you can definitely rely on them if if you don't know Charity Water at all um, it's an organization that we've loved for years they turned 10 this year Um, yeah they've been around 10 years as of September that's awesome Um, um, they have a unique model where a hundred percent of the money raised goes to the field to build mm-hmm. wells. A lot of nonprofits have to take money off the top of various percentages to pay for staff or yeah. buildings or whatever. Yeah. Charity Water does none of that. That's Scott awesome. personally goes out and raises that money separately, mm-hmm. and that way every dollar given from the public 
on campaigns like this or any donations uh, goes straight to the field. Um, it's, un- I, it's unheard of. It's um, amazing. It's really, and it's a very difficult model yeah. for them to sustain, but yeah. he's committed to absolute transparency and accountability and uh, they are fantastic people. Scott's a strong Christian and this all came from uh, a major kind of life change that he had a decade ago. And yeah. uh, they've, they've served, I think they've given water to 22 million people so far Gosh. and uh, he's not done yet. He yeah. wants to, he, he's just shooting for half a billion. Yeah. So it's really cool to see. And uh, yeah. I'd love for you to help out my birthday campaign, my.charitywater.org slash Cameron Strang slash Lordy Lordy Cameron's 40. <laughs> uh, all right, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, I have a twofer, uh, both uh, kind of in the same vein of uh, innovations in science that uh, sound pretty cool, but may have some deeper implications. The first comes from a uh, cardiologist and scientist uh, named Dr. Valetti, who is the founder of a group called Memphis Meats. And his company has developed a way to grow meat in a lab that uh, is free of bacterial con- contamination. Uh, it's very low in saturated fats, but most uh, notably, it's sustainable and cruelty-free. So people that refrain from eating meat for ethical reasons will now have beef, pork, and chicken what? soon to be available to them. Do we like this? N- Eddie picked the worst day to be gone. But I, I get the ethical reasons. Yeah, I, right. I mean, I get the appeal. Right. But, yeah. but eating something that was made like that yeah. feels very... Is it, and it's real meat? Well, like, here and here's how it's done, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, taking an, an ethical or moral position on it. But uh, the the his vision behind it, it, it is a it is a for profit company, I should say. He's not doing it purely altruistically. Right. But uh, the idea is that he would uh, eventually be able to start food manufacturing plants in places like India and China, where the availability of meats to the population is not as great as it is here in the United States. Uh, so what they do is in a lab. They take cells from uh, different animals, and they are able to, in a lab setting, they, they can target cells that are capable of renewing themselves. And so they, it's not like they're creating living, well, you know, full animals right. that are, are just for meat production. They are just creating the meat, basically, in petri dishes in a lab setting that can later uh, be made at a mass scale and sold to people who do not have access to meat or simply want cruelty-free meat. They, they're, they're so far along, he thinks uh, by the year 2021, which isn't that far away, it's just a couple of years, they could be in uh, retail settings where you could actually go to the grocery store what? and purchase meat that was made in a lab. Okay, as much as I think it'd be disgusting and if you're aware of what you're chewing, right. yeah. there is a lot of synthetic fake stuff we put in our body. Yeah. I mean, I mean stuff that's, that's true. essentially made in a lab. Yeah. It, 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 I think it... it it brings up a lot of ethical issues, especially when you look at some of the the meat production industry and yeah. how a lot of animals are treated. Even if you have, you know, this sort of technology gives you pause, which I can totally, like you were saying, Cameron, I totally can understand how it would for people because it's so just strange and non-organic. Right. You know, but that, so but, much of what we eat, if we actually knew how it's manufactured, the yeah, the, pink, the pink paste. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 but the, the thing is like, this is meat, you know, I mean, the whole idea yeah. with when you're eating meat is you're eating what was once flesh in an animal. Right. But when you look at a lot of meat production now, 
this, you know, I think there are conversations to be had in terms of what is more moral and what is more ethical. I'm not saying we have to decide that right now, but it's certainly an interesting uh, development. No, right now, it's, right now, we have to make that yeah. call. Uh, eat the factory meat is what I'm saying. <laughs> eat the lab meat. Uh, no, but it comes out, in, like I said, in the next five years, this could be a reality that you can actually buy in the store. Man, are they going to package it? Like, is it going to like? Do you know? Like, will it like look like a T-bone or will it like look like bacon? Like, it'll it'll have a little picture of like a petri dish and a Bunsen <laughs> burner and a cow with a line through it. It's gonna be in like yeah spam cans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have like fake bones. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like think, or it's like the the chicken nuggets at Burger King where they come in like the shape of stars and things <laughs> yeah, like that. Are right. clearly like this is not <laughs> right. Yeah, anything that you should be putting in your body. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. McRib. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It'll probably be like the McRib. Yeah, where they take that just they press it into the form of the organic shape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Weird. Even though there's no rib bone in the McRib, which is the most disturbing part about it. Y- right. Yeah. You know how I became super super aware of the difference of American. Uh, what we're used to in America, yeah. food-wise, in Rome and in Israel. If you've ever eaten through Israel, it's not—I don't know what would be in your head. It's not like all kosher food. It's like Mediterranean food. It's coming right. from Lebanon and Turkey and hummus yeah. and just incredible. And and every meal is literally like multiple hour, five, six courses. Just you're wow. eating and you're eating, and you're eating, and you're eating. And I'm there for nine days. And then you're in Rome and you're eating, you know, just yeah. you're eating. And I thought, man, I'm going to freaking gain ten pounds. Yeah. And I. I gain nothing because it's all because real it's real food. food. Yeah. 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 You know, and then you're walking a lot and stuff too. But yeah. I mean, the fact is, is like, yeah, it's the, I think when you putting in saturated fats and like chemically modified yeah. stuff and yeah. just, it just, you know, I came back and you know, I'm watching TV last night and there's a, you know, McDonald's commercial on for their two for five <laughs> classics menu. And like, right. it's showing me a Mc, like a Big Mac, a filet of fish, the nuggets. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there looking at it going, I didn't see any food like that yeah. for the last yeah. like two weeks. And it's, it's just crazy. like, it's disgusting. Yeah. Well, well part of the, the, the idea with this technology is that it would have almost zero saturated fat and there would be no hormone, you know, like artificial hormones or anything that has a, to do with the bacteria. Dish. I mean, it's grown in a lab. That's so weird. Right. It is weird. How can that be good? You know, like, I, I feel like it's one of those things that like, I've always felt like one day, a d- generation or two from now, we're going to look back and realize that microwaves caused horrible damage to our health. Right. Like, I, mean, almost, yeah, I think we already know that. Almost yeah. like asbestos. <laughs> right. You know, they didn't know yeah. it at the time. Yeah. And then like only later. Yeah. Well, little thing we're going to look back on, Cameron, uh, with those same results, it's called diet coke <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you can't complain about lab meat if you're if, if you're as a diet coke connoisseur well, that's true if you i mean sodas are all completely made in labs because because this particular cardiologist says at the cellular level it's identical to regular meat like you couldn't there'd be no way to to you break it down and it's not exactly I mean, what you're eating jesse do you know like how it grows because i can tell you probably closely how a cow grows it's just like any other organic thing that grows <laughs> Tell but, us. But how? Well, when a mommy cow loves a daddy cow. <laughs> well, I, I don't know the. I don't know what the like machines look like where the cells are. You know, regenerating themselves. Well, but that's I what know, I was it, curious of. Is like, is it going to grow like in big? Like, I don't think there's like clumps. a like a tree or like a weird robot cow or. Anything. He's like, right. did you hear a moo over there in the corner <laughs> of the lab? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Well, yeah. But if you say if you say that it, it's going to taste the same, I mean, is this something that like Ruth Chris Steakhouse would be serving in five years? I well, I mean, that's impossible to predict. But I, you know, I think with I think part of the idea is the sustainability <laughs> right. factor is well, is and, that you know obviously it takes 
live, you know, if you're if you're raising livestock, it takes a lot of land and resources to do yeah. it. And this would be able to way to do it without. Again, I'm not making the ethical case for it, but I do think there is some nuance to it, just like with some uh, genetically modified, uh, you know, farm products. I mean, there's. Right. Fortify rice that can help children in countries get the nutrition they need to not, you know, be have deal with blindness or things right, like. Right. There is some nuance to it, I think. Well, it's definitely interesting in the case of like world hunger. You know that. Well, you can yeah, start. but I mean, the path we're on is Wally. Right. I mean, that's true. Where everything's made in the lab <laughs> yeah. and just injected. Yeah. You know, it's like you know. Anyway. Yeah. All right. What do you have, Joy? Okay. Well, so I was going to do something really fascinating about research and how it. Um, uh, they're showing that maybe getting tattoos will increase your immu- immunity, um, <laughs> but I decided <laughs> I decided to change all those things from my typical, you know, groundbreaking research on you know academia or sure. politics. Right. And I was really inspired by last week's Oscars.biz. Um, mm, a lot of people were. I think America was. Yeah. Did you guys know? And here's another thing. This just happened 22 hours ago, or at least the news article. Well, uh, but but for the podcast, it happened a week ago. Yes. Yeah. This is this is sort of in case you missed it for them at this yeah. point. For me, this is really current. Okay. <laughs> okay. But it ties in with some news that happened in 2011 and 2012, too. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Ooh. And Ava Mendez, his girlfriend or wife, I don't know what they are now, but Both. they were on a romantic He's not the weekend. marrying type. Right. Yeah, he's the internet's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Continue. Yeah. yeah. All right. So they were uh, walk, uh, driving and right. uh, there was a, ca- a dog that ran out in the street that they almost hit because it had gotten away from its owner. He jumps out of the car. Mm-hmm. He rescues that dog. Pushes his hair back from his forehead. Yeah. And he returned that dog to its owner. Wow. Like a do-gooder. But here's the thing. I know that's groundbreaking news for everybody. Here's the thing. That's not his first act of sainthood. I actually also looked into how many uh, good acts do you have three. to do to become a saint. I thought it was three. Three but miracles. There is- hey, can right? I just say though that's that's like a decent human act. I don't see. I don't think that's saintly. That was like some of the big controversy online of like, okay, this is just decent uh, uh, acts of kindness, and to become a saint, yeah, you have to actually do these good deeds from after you're gone. So wait, is there a difference between miracles and and good deeds to become a saint? Not in my book with Ryan Gosling. Okay, no. he, he's almost a sainthood. But okay, so no, here's I, th- the thing. I think I think they both have merit, right? Because I think like Saint uh, Nicholas, mm-hmm. uh, he just kind of went around and gave people stuff. Sure, you know. So I think that's not a miracle. Well, I think the miracle was the reindeer. Oh, flying. the miracle was going through the chimney. I, I think right. that there yeah. is some manner of the qualifications that have to be met. I will tell you. All of my knowledge comes from the movie The Saints starring well, Val Kilmer. I also, so. and I, I would I think this uh, Mother Teresa is on her way towards sainthood. She's been progressed down really? the thing. And that's a deed's not a miracle. Not a, yeah. okay. Yeah, well, he's he's right up there with Mother Teresa and uh, Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because he did this. And then in 2012, he also did a good act where he was in New York and this British reporter, Lori Penny, um, she was about to step off the curb but you know she's used to being over in london right. and looking the other Cars way on the other side 
Yeah, she almost got hit by a taxi, and he was standing right next to her. He goes, watch out! And I think he grabbed her, I don't know, probably held her in his arms for a while. He probably picked her up. <laughs> right. Probably, totally. And then set her down on a very safe portion of the sidewalk. Right. So he saved this reporter from dying, and then in 2011, and there's video footage of this, and it's incredible, uh, There's a, you see this woman like filming uh, this like debacle that's happening in New York um, in the middle of an intersection where yeah. some guy like didn't pay for street art claims the artist and so they're fighting and they actually so she's just filming it for the sake of that because she's right. finding this entertaining then all of a sudden through the crowd this beautiful goddess of a man you know a man take and bulging biceps comes right. in between them breaks them apart from hitting each other and like talks to them and then you you hear this girl behind him go that's that's the guy from the movies that's the guy from the movies. The Notebook. The Notebook. And then everybody just starts freaking out. But he broke up a fight. He saved a dog. He saved a reporter. And that's he sounds. Life. He sounds like an angel on earth to me. This yeah. is your yeah, Ryan yeah. Gosling dreamboat hour. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, sainthood requires two confirmed miracles. Beautification yeah. requires one. Uh, <laughs> and Mother Teresa has, has had two confirmed, including... Uh, one man who woke up uh, uh, from a coma uh, because of a brain infection after hmm. uh, she prayed for him, and another man who was healed of brain tumors. So there's, uh, there I, yeah, I'd say her the so, of Mother Teresa. So Saint Saint Nicholas uh, uh, did go through the chimney and fly around with reindeers. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. Saint Saint Gosling. Yeah, yeah. Saint Gosling. It ain't, I mean, his biceps are a miracle. Amen. They are. <laughs> hair. But it is yeah. interesting. The the woman. Yeah, the right there. He's got two miracles. His left and his right bicep, uh, you know? <laughs> it is interesting, though. The, the reporter that he saved, she um, she wrote a response. Again, this is now back to 2012. Sure, yeah. But she, she was like, Ryan Gosling saved me from a speeding car, but there's a war in the Middle East so everyone can calm down. <laughs> so she was actually Funny. not... I mean, she kind of... She I got mean, she saved. Didn't say she was yeah, let me ask you this, Joy. What year are we in now? 2016? So 2011, he performs a miracle. 2012, he performs a miracle. He's been on a four-year silence until just now. And, and, and four years later, he he returns a dog to its rightful owner. No, no, no. What a guy. No, no, no. In those four years, he wasn't living right. <laughs> he, he'd kind of backslidden a little bit. Yeah. He was sleeping around. Yeah, so now, you know. now he's back. But now he's got it back on the straight now. Back in the straight. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was, yeah. It's a redemption story. Yeah. <laughs> it is a redemption story. So that's where, you guys, I just wanted to keep you up to speed on what's going on with celebrities and specifically Ryan Gosling. Ryan so if you Gosling. want me to do this every week just about Ryan Gosling, I can I can dive deep into uh, Ryan Gosling great. history. Yeah. I think I think it's a definite yes from all of us, especially Cameron. All right, all right so who has Eddie Slice? I think. Oh, I I have one. Oh, yeah. you have another one. All right, we got to go do. three. So yeah. all right, you got a twofer. Thank you. Okay, I'll, this is like a slice sandwich for Jesse. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of along the same lines. It's it's related. It's about a, a, a Russian media mogul named Dmitry Itzkov. Mm -hmm. uh, and he has made over a billion dollars in his internet news business, and he's decided to invest it in immortality. Oh no! So he's funding an initiative called the uh, the 2045 Initiative, and basically, he's hired a group of neuroscientists, robot builders, and consciousness researchers that he wants to build an android that will have a computer where he will be able to upload his brain and ideally his consciousness within 35 years. So he thinks what? that if he can hire the right people that can essentially map his brain 
and make some sort of digital model of it that he can upload it into this robot. So when that he when he dies, his consciousness will live on in the form of some sort of android. Uh, you know, he's got the money to do it. He's uh, uh, worth a billion dollars and has found several investors to underwrite the product, uh, the project, which he seems pretty committed to trying to do. How old is he? Uh, he is uh, 35 years old. That would be a, a sweet movie if it wasn't his own consciousness he wanted to upload, but he was going to give the ticket to one person. Oh, that's a good twist. Yeah, this seems like a, a sci-fi movie gone wrong. Yeah. So uh, I was watching something the other day about this. Uh, there's some people. There's actually somebody in New York that's been working on this, and there is an android. And and that has been programmed to be the mirror yeah, of yeah. this uh, individual in real yeah. life. Oh, I know, I know where I saw it. Uh, Morgan Freeman's The Story of God. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Um, he went around and he interviewed it and he interacted with it and stuff. And it was like a bad kind of computer animatronic robot. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but the goal of this work is to have this thing where you can upload your consciousness. Uh, your, well, your your memories and whatever. And so the you know, generations after you right. can interact with you and ask you uh, what it was like in the old days or ask you about your thoughts about such and such. Right. Or, um, the question then the, the Morgan Freeman thing poses is what is, you know, the difference between artificial life and life. And mm-hmm. then yeah. that's then the question of the soul and, right. and consciousness. Right. And, and, you know, there are scientists who believe or that, you know, the human consciousness that we don't quite understand now is is a scientifically or biologically achievable state hmm. for these android things one day. I mean, yeah. that they have yeah. not yet found it, but they are working toward it. Right. Um, and I think, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the whole, you know, bioethics conversation yeah, that's right. escalating right now. But um, what used to, you know, the old thing of like, well, you can have a robot and, uh, you know, it can act like a human. It can walk like a human, but it's not human. Right. Um, right. Th- science is acknowledging the difference there hmm. now and is working toward uh, bridging that, the soul slash consciousness line yeah. as well, which is crazy. That well, is I mean, nuts. It's like, what, what if they could grow a brain in a lab or they can grow a steak or... Right. Use right. 3D printing to replicate the uh, the exact model of a brain. Would it all of a sudden could it be implanted with memories and you know or and then at what point does it become conscious and self aware and what at what point does it have you know what we can think of as a soul? There's a lot of interesting questions and this, the weird thing is it might not be that far around the corner before we're actually dealing with them. Right, where they they no longer become hypotheticals. Yeah. yeah, and and for Christians, the bioethics that this uh, opens up, it's a lot different than just like you know somebody, you know, has uh, missing a limb, and we make a robotic hand Extension with organic materials, and yeah. we plug it in or whatever, or the fine tuning of you know trying to defy aging yeah. and and all of that, or or, or like fixing a heart that's broken and all, not broken heart. That was a bad, you know, but like you <laughs> yeah. know, like yeah. Um, yeah, we're not there yet in the yeah. science. Yeah, science is on its way. <sighs> It is crazy. Science though. is a little slow on that yeah, one. Yeah. But but so if you could create a kidney in a lab and give it to someone, it's different yeah, than creating I mean, a brain. Yeah, and then yeah. yeah, a brain and a being. Uh, yeah. So uh, I mean, there are bioethical Christian questions about pieces of human anatomy, and at what percentage is somebody no longer the way God created them or yeah. made in the image of God, but now they're made by man? Right. Uh, but but this idea that science is actually pursuing uh, cracking the code on consciousness or the soul right. is uh, new. It is new, and it's crazy to see that that humans, you know, it really does show that how we are made in God's image with a desire to create. I mean, that's like the ultimate yeah. 
thing that that we're chasing now, which is a little scary to be in that mode. But I express it by trying to make a magazine, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some people. But but I will say this: the impulse seems to be at this point self-preservation. Right. It doesn't seem yeah. to be like godlike. Right. Like, I will want to create some sort of new being altogether. It seems to be like how can for for people that may not have a view of eternity that a lot of Orthodox Christians do, or maybe they do, and they just want to preserve their own finite morality. Right. You know, the the, the ultimate underlying motivation, whether it's meats that are sustainable, that don't take up natural resources, or whether it's an artificial brain that can hold our consciousness once our body wears out, yeah. seems to be self-preservation. It seems to be, how can I hold on to this life that I'm I have? And that seems also part of the conversation because it, it primarily deals with, especially when you talk about preserving consciousness, people that don't have the long view of a spiritual eternity. Hey, has anybody thought about just how crowded things are going to get? That's my thing. If nobody goes away, well, we Mars, just keep adding. Mars is next. Yeah, I well, guess so. well, eventually. Stick but, but all the here, androids on a ship yeah. and out to Mars. <laughs> or they'll yeah. stick us on a ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all saw Wally. It's all back to Wally. Yep. Yeah. Well, no, what ultimately happens is if you're creating virtual consciousness, if you're creating a digital version of a consciousness, you no longer need the real Physical world. Space. Then you, you basically have the matrix. The matrix. Yeah, you create a matrix. virtual world for the virtual consciousness to live. And that's you called know? heaven. That's <laughs> called yeah. heaven. Yeah. It's, it's getting deep here, guys. Yeah. The water's getting deep fast. Yeah. yeah. So glad Cameron's back, guys. Where's Waldo a, yeah. movie? It's coming yeah. up, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Ren Collective joins us. to ex ambassadors the song is unsteady uh jesse how you're gonna be interviewing them at south by how well, steady is that appointment <laughs> uh, right it was steady up until midnight last night and i got an email that said that they're now not getting in town till friday but we're gonna do a phoner with them at some point because they are blowing up right now yeah, yeah. they are that's Absolutely. a cool album too band. yeah yep. Well, Rin Collective is a band known for their dynamic live worship. Yeah. Their recent album, As Family We Go, has captured that same energy and spirit. Uh, they're not folky. They're not indie rocky. They're, I mean, I mean, they're from Northern Ireland, so they right. capture that like mm-hmm. authentically. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, the the band continues to reinvent their soundtracks uh, of ministry and pushing further into new instrumentation and sounds. They were recently in town with uh, Hillsong United on the Empire's tour, and they stopped by our studio to play yeah. for us. Here is Rin Collective. Well, this is a song called The Joy of the Lord. You know, we love the verse in the Bible that says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. But sometimes I think it can sound a little bit like something that you might find on like a Hallmark card, like something that if in Christian bookshops you might get, uh, you've passed your driving test, and then this verse would be printed, The Joy of the Lord is Your Strength. But it's so much more than that. It's a call to choose celebration in every walk of life. It's a call to strive for joy, even in the darkest of circumstances. And I think that that's something that we can we can all get better at. You know, we humans are uh, are so bad at doing things we don't feel like. But when we push past and we choose joy, we choose celebration, uh, we find God's strength at the end of it.
tears may fall, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. Though my heart may fail, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. While there's breath in my lungs, I will praise you, Lord. In the dead of night, I'll lift my eyes, I'll lift my eyes to you. Though the waters rise, I'll lift my eyes, I'll lift my eyes to you. While there's hope in this heart, I will praise you, Lord. You are my hope, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the darkness, I'll dance. In the shadows, I'll sing. my eyes let faith arise to you when i cannot feel your hand in mine let faith arise to you god of mercy and love i will praise you lord how you shine with glory lord of light i feel alive with you in your presence now i come alive i am alive with you there is strength when i say It was Rind Collective. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter at Rind Collective, and you can check out their new album as Family We Go. 
You're listening to Daywave. The song is Stuck. Nabil Qureshi is a Christian speaker. Uh, he works with Ravi Zacharias' ministry. He was raised as a devout Muslim in the U.S. and grew up studying Islamic apologetics with his family and engaging Christians in religious discussions. After one such discussion with a Christian at his university, the two became friends and began a years-long debate on the historical claims of Christianity and Islam. Mm. Uh, Nabil's resulting journey was chronicled in his first book, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, which talks about his conversion. Um, In addition to being a New York Times bestseller, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus was awarded the Christian Book Award for a couple categories, Best New Author, Best Nonfiction, uh, last year, uh, 2015. He has a new book out called Answering Jihad, where he explores what jihad is, how it relates to ISIS and Islamic terrorism today, and the most appropriate reaction for Christian believers. Our very own Dargan Thompson recently spoke to him. Here is Nabil Qureshi. Would you tell me a little bit about your background? I know you grew up in a Muslim home and then converted to Christianity. What was that like? It was a very difficult process. I mean, growing up in a Muslim home was uh, a very enriching uh, opportunity because my parents were devout. They had me believe that God was real. They had me pray regularly, memorize scripture, um, seek him with everything that I had. Uh, So I had a very strong foundation in that. Um, But then uh, leaving Islam was like leaving everything I knew. Um, And it was also bringing a lot of pain to my family. So the whole conversion process was a very, very difficult one, took a long time. Uh, But I'm thankful for it because I know uh, both the Islamic and the Christian side of the equation pretty well now. Yeah, and I know I know you read it, wrote another book, kind of more about your story. Um, but what made you wanted want to write this book? So what made me primarily want to write this book was seeing the confusion that existed after San Bernardino was attacked. I mean, Paris had just been attacked a few weeks before, and people didn't really know how to respond. They didn't understand why these things were happening. They didn't know how to uh, process the issues um, when. Uh, Trump and Carson started talking about immigration issues, uh, there really was no basis off which people were able to process this. And so I felt I had to write a response um, and I had to write it quickly to help people understand how to consider these issues, what Islam actually is, who are Muslims, um, whether Islam is a religion of peace, why is ISIS and Boko Haram doing what they're doing, um, the upsurge in jihad that we've seen over the past few decades. Uh, all of this has very uh, clear answers, and unless we figure out what's going on on this basic level, I don't think we'll be able to respond appropriately as a nation on policy issues. One of the things I think is interesting is the idea, like, is Islam a religion of peace, really? Mm. Yeah, you have to wonder what what is meant when people say that, because if they're talking about if they're talking about physical peace, um, there's a problem. Uh, although. The vast majority of Muslims might be peaceful people. When you say Islam's religion of peace, you're talking about the system or the religion. And from its inception, uh, apart from the first 13 years uh, that Muhammad claimed to be a prophet, you don't really have any history of Islam that was devoid of violence. Uh, The moment that Muhammad was able to start fighting, uh, that very year, he started launching battles at a rate of nine battles a year until he died. Um, And then after he died, 
Uh, as we know, Muslims conquered one third of the known world from the shores of the Atlantic to India. Uh, so from the very beginning of Islamic history, is, violence has been quite present. Um, and so what do we mean when we say Islam's religion is peace? The only way that could possibly mean something um, positive or actually true is if we say that Islam somehow brings peace to a person, but that's not uh, the, the way the slogan is being used. Uh, and so I just think it's a very problematic phrase. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of things in, even in the Bible and the Old Testament stuff that you could also argue that uh, Christianity and Judaism have been pretty violent religions as well. Um, what do you think how do you see like the difference there? What would you say to people who say, well, Christianity is violent too? I would say that they have a, a long uphill battle to fight if they say Christianity is violent. Um, you know, Christians as a force did not fight for hundreds of years until after Jesus. Um, Jesus himself, you know, in the one opportunity he had to fight, which is when he was being arrested unjustly, he told his men to put away their swords because he who lives by the sword will die by the sword. Uh, at no point do we see Jesus carrying a sword in the Gospels, and at no point does he command violence. Uh, so it's really hard to say something like Christianity is violent, unless you assume that the actions of crusaders uh, or, or people who claim to be Christian uh, reflect on the religion, which I don't think they do. Um, you can't take what some people do and impute that to a whole religion. Now, when it comes to Islam, I'm not saying, look at how violent the terrorists are, therefore Islam is, uh, is violent. Uh, that would be poor reasoning. Um, what I'm saying is the foundations of Islam, I'm talking the Quran and the life of Muhammad, um, are very violent. And for that reason, Islam is a violent religion. That is uh, the argument. Um, now, Islam can be uh, formulated in nonviolent ways, but to do so, you have to depart from its foundations. Uh, as many Muslims do, they just ignore what the Quran says about violence and what Muhammad did that was violent. Um, but when it comes to Christianity, it's a completely different picture. Now, the, the slightly problematic issue would be uh, the Old Testament, where God does command some violence in the Old Testament. Uh, it's not as much as people think. Most of the violence in the Old Testament was not commanded, but simply recorded. Uh, but there were a few battles that were commanded. Um, what we see, though, in Deuteronomy 9 and 11, for example, is that this was judgment, the judgment of God coming upon a small group of people uh, relative to all the people that existed. Uh, it was just a small group, um, and it was for a specific time, and they had been given 400 years to repent. This is very different from what we see with Islam. With Islam, there's no limitation to who can come under jihad. Uh, it's not a judgment for sins. It's uh, an establishment of the superiority of Islam, as we see in chapter 9, verse 33 of the Quran. So it's a totally different ballgame, especially if you're comparing it to Christianity. So then, you know, all of the different fears that the U.S. has with politicians saying, oh, let's keep out all Muslims. Do you think any of that is, is, has any foundation? Well, it's a polarized response. And so you have two, two responses that I'm really seeing uh, in America. Uh, you have uh, the people who are on the left who are saying Islam is not a religion of peace. I'm sorry, Islam is a religion of peace. All Muslims are peaceful, loving people. Um, you know, ISIS and the like are hijacking Islam. They're not representative of Muslims. 
Um, I like that response in that it's compassionate, but I don't like how it ignores the truth. Uh, now, on the other side of the equation, on the far right, you have people who are saying that Islam is a violent religion and therefore all Muslims are threats. And therefore, let's keep them out of the country. That's a problematic response. And so far, it's completely uncompassionate. It doesn't distinguish between people and the police system. Uh, but it does deal at least with the truth about Islam. So. Uh, the title of my book, Answering Jihad, The Better Way Forward, the better way forward is embracing both truth and compassion. Truth about Islam, but compassion for Muslims. Yeah, so so also uh, you address a question, do Muslims and Christians worship the same God? Which is interesting with all of the controversy around the Wheaton College professor um, that's been happening. Uh, what would you say when people have said, you know, well, we all worship the same God? I'd have to ask what exactly that means. It seems like one of those slogan phrases that people use without thinking about very carefully. What does it mean to worship the same God? If you're saying that, you know, if you're a monotheist and I'm a monotheist and only one God exists, therefore we worship the same God, uh, that's not exactly logically sound. Um, and But I can see where you're coming from at least. Uh, the problem is, though, when we say you know, Muslims and Christians worship the same God, what we actually mean and envision is that uh, the God of Islam and the God of Christianity are sufficiently close to say that it's the same person. Uh, whereas I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, in the Christian faith, you have a God who is triune, uh, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What does that mean? You have one God who exists in a community of three, three persons, one being three persons. These three persons have loved each other from eternity past. So love is the founding principle of, uh, or is the, is, the, is the principle that holds God together, essentially. Um, and it is through that principle of love that God created this world, which is why everyone yearns for love, which is why Jesus commands us to live in love, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves, the greatest commandment, because God is a triune God of love. Islam denies that about God. God is not unconditionally loving in Islam. He's not triune in Islam. We are not his children. Uh, according to the Quran, chapter 5, verse 18, uh, we shouldn't be calling God our beloved father. Um, so uh, Islam denies some very critical components of who God is. Uh, and it's not just an incidental denial. Islam intentionally rejects the Trinity. It intentionally rejects the sonship of Jesus and the fatherhood of the Father. Uh, so, God ends up being a very different God. He saves the world in a very different way. Uh, he sends people for different purposes. He exists in a very different uh, essence. So the Islamic God is very different from the Christian God when we actually look at the characteristics of these two conceptions of God. What should and can Christians be doing um, to reach out to their Muslim neighbors or friends? I think one of the major issues, the reason why I wrote the book, is because people seem to be very, very afraid of Muslims. There's a general complacency in the West, um, an individuality, uh, a striving after finances and after, uh, you know, bigger homes and better cars, the American dream. 
which is lulling Christians into a sense of complacency. That's not who Christians are called to be. The American dream is not a Christian thing. It's great um, for um, making sure people prosper and the like. I'm not knocking it, but Christianity specifically calls us to do the opposite. Instead of seeking yeah. uh, material goods, it's uh, pouring ourselves out, uh, seeing others as better than ourselves, according to Philippians 2, uh, and, then, and then reaching out to them in whatever way we can help them and get to know them and love them. Uh, so Jesus would reach out to people, even if it cost him his social status, which is a big deal in the Middle East. He would reach out to people who other people would not reach out to. We as Christians are called and equipped to reach out to Muslims, to embrace them, to make friends with them, so that we can then introduce our understanding of God to them. Uh, and hopefully, because I do believe that the gospel heals uh, and transforms by them encountering the gospel, they will then be transformed, such that before they encounter the reality of Islam, when they could become radicalized, they've instead encountered the reality of God, when they can become transformed by grace. Yeah, and I mean, is there anything Christians as individuals can do to kind of combat this radical version of Islam? Yeah, I think so. I think that we can start by being proactive. Uh, these people who are becoming radicalized are coming out of our neighborhoods. They're coming out of our, our cities. Um, so if we befriend them, if we embrace them and love them such that when they're wrestling with these issues of radicalization, we're there and able to talk to them about it, that will be a great hindering factor from them being radicalized. So that's step one. Step two, I think, is letting Muslims see that Christians actually do love them. There's a great us versus them, a, a great as in a tremendous, uh, a large us versus them mentality uh, amongst Muslims. Uh, and part of that has to do with the way Islam is set up. But they see Westerners as, as Christians. They see uh, these, uh, the police, they see the military, they see the diplomats as Christians, and then they are the Muslims. Uh, and so they impute all these negative um, motives, all these negative uh, events, even even the bombings in the in the Middle East, the drone bombings and attacks, what Israel is doing, they'll impute all of that to Christianity. It's a really strange phenomenon, but that's how it works. And so if they see Christians loving them and reaching out to them and perhaps embracing refugees and whatever it is, then they might realize before they get radicalized that uh, perhaps they have the story wrong. Perhaps the Islamic narrative of who Christians are is wrong. Uh, so that's another way to do it. There's a variety of ways. I just suggest that we be proactive. We reach out to Muslims, even refugees who are coming. We reach them with teaching them English, learn, teaching them how to drive, um, teaching them about the customs of our nation, the Christian principles upon which it was built. Uh, and in so doing, I think we will do a great deal to hinder the progress of radical Islam. That was Nabil Qureshi. You can follow him on Twitter at N-A-Q-U-R-E-S-H-I. His new book, Answering Jihad, is out now.
listening to Vera Blue. The song is Settle, which is what we do when bands like X Ambassadors blow us off for interviews. <laughs> we settle for some band you haven't heard of. <laughs> We're still going to get them. Like, I like Vera Blue. Yeah. Sorry. I can't control their schedule. I didn't want to say for, Okay. All right. Well, it's time for your feedback. Um, so last week, I didn't get to this part of the podcast, so I didn't hear what the question of the week was. But yeah. apparently, the question of the week was, what are your craziest job interview stories? Yes. So how did y'all get on that? Well, Joy brought a slice last week uh, where she opened it up as she normally does with a question. Yeah. You know, and we got into what were some of your job interview experiences. Did you tell her Mine, about the arm wrestling? No, I didn't. I thought that was a secret. I did tell her that I had to make a resume for this job, which is my first time I've ever had to do that. Yeah. And uh, then Eddie brought up that uh, when he was applying for his job at Office Depot, mm-hmm. the guy who was interviewing him was like, all right, well, sell me this printer. So he kind of started <laughs> like, well, if I was going to sell you this printer, I would do this. And the guy's like, no, literally sell me this printer. <laughs> and he and had to get into character. Yeah, yeah. So did he, he know about said printer? He did not. Well, well that's gave, how gave, you sell it. You, five, you know about he it. He gave him five he, minutes He, he let him prepare. see a fact sheet yeah. really no, quick. No, 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 no. A, a true salesman, a true salesman doesn't, he, doesn't even not need to know about the printer. Yeah. He, he can actively know it's a bad printer. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? So, I, so it's either sell me the printer or beat me in a wrestling match. Right. Yeah. Your choice. Yeah. And yeah. Eddie went for the selling, which is surprising because he's a great wrestler. He did both, I heard. He right. sold the guy a broken printer and then beat him up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it got us thinking that we should, we probably have a lot of listeners out there who have had some really interesting experiences. So. Yeah. Especially if they work for a church or yep, something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys went over to the podcast episode page and posted your replies there. You also hit us up on Twitter at Realm Podcast. Here are a few of our favorites. Sierra said, <laughs> I interviewed to be a server at Red Lobster and this goes back to the printer thing. I don't need to know anything about the printer. I can, I'll can, i sell you the printer. Uh, does that Bluetooth? Sure, why not? It's great, man. Best printer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you something secret. They're 3D printing meat on these printers. <laughs> you, you got a thing against meat, don't worry. All your ethical, they're working on something with this one. You're going to want it. Your, your tactic to selling anything is just saying yes or saying completely untrue things just to close the deal. They'll fight. They'll figure out eventually, but you're long gone by then. I vanish. Yeah. I throw the smoke screen yeah. and head back to the spy store uh, <laughs> for more supplies, for more disguises. Uh, I, I interviewed to be a server at Red Lobster. When asked how I would describe a certain dish, and here's the thing, because early in their interview, she had lied and said she had tasted it before. Oh, oh no! So she was asking if it's she a little had tangy. Dish. It's a little tangy. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So the GM, the general manager, asked. Uh, uh, you know, how would she describe it? Because she had told them she had tried it. She said simply, party in your mouth. She says the interview was stopped immediately and she was hired on the spot. That's Man, that's what I'm awesome. talking about. Oversell, under deliver. That's hired exactly on the right. spot from party in your mouth. That tells you everything you need to know At about Red the state Lobster. of Red Lobster. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, I like uh, Katie Willard. She said that she had to share her testimony uh, for her current job. Is so. that, that is actually not legal. That's what I w- that was going because you're a person who hires people, yeah. Yeah. right? It's they, not legal. Well, 7-Eleven hired her. Yeah. So. Even, even yeah. if you're at a nonprofit, even if you're like a religious nonprofit, I believe it depends on the city and state you're in or wow. the local discrimination laws. Well, she did hashtag it Bible Belt Probs. So. I, well, uh, if she's working for a church, <laughs> yeah, I could see it being protected, right? But. Yeah, but she didn't say. Lobster. Yeah, she didn't say where she was working. But Seven Eleven anywhere, right. anywhere but a explicit <laughs> Christian ministry, right? Uh, yeah. I think, and and actually, some cities even then, yeah, you can't. 
Yeah. I liked Ashley Shearer. She said, when I was a freshman at UNF, I applied for a job at the campus bookstore. They hire something like 100 people at a time to work for the first month of the semester. So we had group interviews, which was already uncomfortable. When asked, (laughs) what are your weaknesses? A guy in my group responded with, soft jazz and puppy dogs. (laughs) They hired him. (laughs) On the spot. Good for him. I I love this one from Amanda. This is... Classic mix-up here, guys. Uh, Amanda, uh, it came from a small town where everyone knew each other. Uh, uh, Her mother and her aunt look very similar, and they're mistaken for each other all the time. So one day, Amanda goes into a local ice cream shop and put in an application. Later that day, her aunt walked in, who also has a daughter Amanda's age, so her cousin. Uh, The owner told, uh, told her that her daughter had been hiring... Had, had been hired for the job thinking that it was Amanda's mother, not her aunt. Her cousin oh. was confused because she had never put in an application to work at the ice cream shop, <laughs> but she decided to accept the offer anyway. That's <laughs> funny. Oh, man. Uh, after the situation was made clear, uh, the owner just ended up hiring both. But I love that the cousin, that the mom came home to the cousin and be like, guess what? The guy at the ice cream shop Wants to hire you. Having, she never put in the application. She's like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I like uh, Michael Carey's. He said once he had a phone interview for a job while That's, writing. That's Jesse's dad, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah my dad is named Mike Carey. Yeah, yeah. Mike Carey. He had a, Mike Carey had a phone interview for a job while riding in a car with his current boss and coworkers. <laughs> and coworkers. <laughs> yeah. Kind of awkward. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. A job interview, like on the phone? On the phone. He did a job interview while in the car with his current no, boss and. No. And had he already co-workers. resigned? I don't know. He didn't put that part in there, but that, either way. Why would you? Either way, it's, it would be awkward. It's, yeah. Either way. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, hey guys, can we pull over? I mean, like if you can't reschedule for some reason, you reschedule. Right. Yeah. You just don't get in the car <laughs> yeah. with your current no, boss. Just don't answer the phone. It yeah. just text back. They're probably just riding down to Red Lobster for the express lunch. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, yeah. He said it. he had another interview where they pretended to be running late and had him file a box of unrelated papers and make coffee. So... I'd say he got the job before he even got hired. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, there's a lot more. If you want to chime in, uh, hit up the uh, podcast episode page. It's uh, pretty funny stuff. All right, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Right, well, earlier, we brought you the breaking entertainment news Yeah, that Hollywood is all a buzz about. Ryan Gosling's pumped about right, it. Right, Ryan Gosling's excited. The Where's Waldo movie is happening. Starring Ryan Gosling. Uh, what we don't know is what the Where's Waldo movie is about. Right. But you know, they, um, they've got a crack team on that. Sure. They, and, and I'm sure... This is going to be a huge success for Seth Rogen and other people. Obviously. Just absolutely sure of it. Which would beget another movie, which will probably be Where's Waldo Origins. Oh. And so what we think we should do. kind of ominously. For the question, hey, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with it. Yeah. We don't know what Where's Waldo is. Yeah. But we definitely don't know the origin story of Where's yeah. Waldo. Mm-hmm. So what we want you to do for the question (laughs) of the week this week is to tell us the origin story for Where's Waldo, yeah. the movie franchise. Yeah. yeah, right. and, yeah. And, and we need like a punchline to it. like Because the way the camera said it would be like, where's Waldo? What is he trying to hide? <laughs> oh, okay. So it's like a tagline. <laughs> yeah. 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 In yeah. a world 
<laughs> yeah, basically continue the sentence in a world, comma. Yeah. In a world where lots of people go to a very, very crowded beach. I picture, I picture a camera panning out of one of those hospital rooms where there's like 50 babies in little beds and they're all in like white onesies and then you just see one little baby in a red and white striped onesie. <laughs> it was a little chilly. had a little hat, a little hat on. Yeah. A little hat on. I like it. So we want to know the Where's Waldo origin story. Yeah. That's what we yeah. want. Yeah. But not just for the movies, for the books too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's the, what's the deal with this guy? Yeah, no one knows. Yeah, we want the origin story for yeah. Where's, Where's Waldo. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been, you know, really the whole series has been one big cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all waiting for clues. What's the deal with this guy? What's the deal with Where's Waldo? It's That's like what we lost. Want. We've yeah. all just been waiting for the answers we're not getting. It's yeah. time for readers to step up. Here. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you guys know that the film is actually being produced by the Magic Eye Empire? So <laughs> they're using magic eye money. Yeah. Yeah. For that. Um, well, you can hit us up on Twitter at Roland podcast, but that's not going to be enough. No, you're going to have to go over the podcast episode page at yes. com. post your elaborate theories there for the where's Waldo origin story. And we will read our favorites next week. Also, we will take credit for all of them when we sell them to Seth Rogen. Yeah. They are <laughs> our stories. I think they're going to get into their first like planning meeting and go like, guys, what have we done? What have, like, there's nothing here. So, so, so Who's got the idea for the Waldo movie? And they're looking around the table. I I could have sworn I, you I mentioned I thought you this. did. <laughs> yeah. I, what? I got wardrobe covered. I was listening to Puff Daddy on uh, on Beats One last night. He's being interviewed by DJ Khaled. Is it Puff Daddy again? Yeah, Is he's back to Puff Daddy. Okay. He's, he's putting out a new album. He's, yeah. he's working on his next one, which will be his final album. Yeah. So he was talking about all that. And uh, for his next, for his last one, his next final album, he's... Uh, he's crowdsourcing it in a way. He no. wants to be inspired by the the young people's who's oh. making the new music. Yep. So at PuffDaddy.com, he has a thing where you can submit your beats to him. Oh, wow. good for him. That's essentially what they're going to do with Where's Waldo. Yeah. They're going to realize yeah. they don't have anything fresh, any new yeah. ideas. They're going to go crowdsource and the, whatever you guys write yeah. is going to be funny. Yeah, poor Puff Daddy. Yeah. How old is he now? 40? Uh, oh. 50. Yeah, it's like Chris Martin's age. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do the uh, math. Yeah. Poor, poor Puff Daddy. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, many thanks to our show sponsors for making this possible. Remember, you can go check out College Plus and get a free college hacking starter kit at collegeplus.org slash relevant, where it'll show you how to avoid going into debt with student loans. You can cut the time it'll take you to earn your college degree up to in half yeah and you can uh, earn six credits in just two weeks for a hundred bucks uh thanks also to rent collective for coming through make sure to check out their album as family we go which is out everywhere music is sold or streamed follow them on twitter at rent collective and thanks also to nabil qureshi make sure to check out his new book uh answering jihad which is out now. Fascinating. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel. There are clips from this week's show and others at our uh, youtube.com slash relevant. There's extracts from the podcast there every week. And subscribe to our Spotify playlist. Uh, mm-hmm. You can just search relevant to uh, see our verified official playlist at Spotify. And uh, while you're on your computer and you're yeah. just noodling around, maybe sure. your phone, your mobile device, right. head over to RealMagazine.com. You can subscribe very easily. Very It's easily. only a buck a month to get the magazine. Uh, you get the tablet. You get instant access to all the premium content online as well. RealMagazine.com. We think you like it. Well, on that note, we will wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jeremiah Dunlap. I'm Joy Egrich. You're Joy Reed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm Jesse Carey. <laughs> uh, for Eddie Koffeltz and everybody else, we'll see you next week.
Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Hey, look over there!